Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everybody? Rad Dad Brett here, bringing you another episode of the Rad Dads Show. Today, Christian sits down with a man who needs no introduction, the original punk rock dad, Jim Lindbergh. Jim's probably best known as the singer of legendary punk rock band Pennywise, but he's long been vocal about his other priority, being a dad to three girls. Jim wrote a book that came out in 2007 called Punk Rock Dad, where he explores that unique dichotomy, and we get the update almost 14 years later, with all of his kids in or nearing adulthood. Jim talks about finding balance in life and parenthood, and about the pride that comes with seeing your children achieve success, and he sheds a bit of light on what he's been doing in his spare time. He may even dish on an upcoming solo project. So what are we waiting for? Let's get right into it. The original punk rock dad, Jim Lindbergh, on the Rad Dad Show. Okay, so uh, welcome to the Rad Dad Show. Who are you? Uh, I am Jim from Pennywise, original punk rock dad. Um, name, age of your kids? Care to share? Uh, I have three daughters, Brighton, who is 24, Emma, who is 22, and Kate, who is 17. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so mine have, uh, mine have grown up since the book cover. There we go. Do you uh, consider yourself a rad dad? I, I guess I'd have to, um, being that the, uh, typical stereotype of the dad is, uh, you know, nine to five suit and tie going to, uh, going to work every day. And, uh, I don't do any of those things. <laughs> so I guess that makes me rad, a radical departure from the stereotype, but, um, um, I, I don't really fit the stereotype in the sense I'm, I'm not, uh, Sid vicious in the, uh, in the gutter, like, <laughs> you know, like, a um, like the the punk rock stereotype you know i i'm 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 pretty conservative in that sense of uh you know i try and be a good role model for my kids and and uh and not be live up too much of the stereotype of being a crazy obnoxious punk rocker is is that something you're you're conscious of when you became a father like the idea like i don't want to want to be be that I want to be this role model is something you were very cognizant about, or is that always inherent to what of who you were? You know what? It's it's for me, it, it was a real split down the middle, like growing up. I um I uh I had an eye condition when I was younger, and so I kind of acted out in school to make up for it. And so I was kind of I remember one of my first evaluations from a teacher came back and said, Jim is a bright student, but he seems intent on being the class clown. So I was always kind of like trying to take attention away from uh, different things by acting out and just, you know, I would just goof off a lot. And growing up here in a beach community, it was in uh, Hermosa Beach. I mean, this was just the home of juvenile delinquency i mean there was just too much trouble to get into whether it's surfing uh before school and and uh you know with the with the beach and the big city around there's a lot of trouble to get into but i uh so growing up i kind of i was i was really into learning and in, in school and books and stuff but i also wanted to go to punk shows and be a a crazy person so 
I kind of tried to distill that into my kids is that you can have a good time, but you can, you still need to be a, a good citizen and at, at, uh, you know, and, and get the work done so you can have a good time on the weekends, but finding that balance for whether you're a, a student, a kid, a guy in a punk band or a, or a dad, it's hard to find, you know, and I, I know tons of dads out there that have struggled with that of the responsibilities of being a dad versus you still want to cut loose and act like a kid yourself, you know? What do you, what do you do? How do you, how, how do you manage that? Is that, is that something that, you know, it, yeah. Do, do you like lean on other, other fathers for that? Or do you lean on your dad for that kind of guidance? Or is it just, you know, you know, punks tend to kind of be the independent thought, kind of do it, do their own. Are you? Yeah. You know, it was, I guess for me, like, yeah, I, I had a dad who my, my dad, he passed away a couple of years ago, but he was very, very supportive of me in the sense that he he really got he got passed over for promotion in his job because he didn't have a college education so he would come home every night and just instill in me like son you got to get your education you got to get your education and so i did that you know after getting expelled from high school and and uh other places from being a screw-up i did eventually you know uh, went to community college went to san diego state and then finished at UCLA. So I got my diploma and he was really happy about that and tried to get me involved. And I got different jobs and was working at an advertising agency. But this, this punk band that I had joined started getting more and more popular. And uh, I remember I came home and said, dad, I'm thinking about quitting my job and going on tour with the band, this, you know, to Europe with Pennywise. And he was like, well, you know, son, you only got one chance at it. So, you know, you should, you know, if that's what you want to do, I'll support you. So he was really cool in that same way. Uh, what I was talking about of like, like getting the foundation and having that foundation and then do whatever you want, you know, but, but get that foundation first. And the, um, even though it's hard, it's like the studying and the schoolwork uh, and stuff like that is really important for for young people and and now i my um first daughter just graduated uh or she graduated university of wisconsin a few years back um my second daughter emma just uh graduated or is about to graduate university of oregon and my daughter kate's probably going to go to harvard or somewhere i don't know where she's going to go but well i'm not sure if i'll be able to afford harvard in the current <laughs> climate but um uh you know, so they've, they've definitely taken to schoolwork and are very, very dedicated, but they still, they love going to concerts and festivals and stuff like that. So, and, and, you know, looking around in the community, it's, it's a pretty, this is a, um, the, our school district here is, is pretty top notch. You got a lot of competition among the kids. There's a lot of really bright kids here. And, um, and so I think the kids kind of bring it to themselves as, as well that um this um ambition to achieve you know and do really well and uh you know you just got to find the balance and, and that's it's important i and I, I with my my last star kate i'm finding myself having to tell her like hey you got to remember to get out there and have some fun you know <laughs> like i see you're studying so hard like she's 
in the next room over taking a, a ACT uh, test a preparation course right now. And I'm like, man, the sun's out and it looks like a nice beach day. <laughs> like maybe after this, you could, we should hit the beach. So, so you do have those explicit conversations with them about, it's not just modeling, you know, you, you being in this punk band and you being the dad at home and setting up the rules that like, do you have, what, I guess, what, what is the, the, the dinner table conversation look like around? <laughs> We've had a couple of food fights at dinner. So I try and <laughs> keep it fun still. I think there was a mashed potatoes incident one year that got pretty, pretty hectic. <laughs> um, so the dinner table, we try and keep it fun, but it has been definitely strange over the years, like, because uh, my band has a song called Fuck Authority. So I couldn't really, uh, it was hard for me to impress upon girls, uh, uh, my daughters about not cussing when their dad's on the radio, uh, doing it. Uh, prolifically so <laughs> uh that was hard to get by and different things about uh you know of, of what i do for a living and you know obviously i when i go on the road a lot of times it's a big party you know it's, you're, you're basically hosting a party every night and and that can be rough you know of like of you know of like that's my persona of you know, I, I don't come to the dinner table and go like, how are you feeling tonight? <laughs> Lindbergh family, you know, let, let's do this. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's a different thing of, of blending those two. And that's honestly, that's why people thought it would be a good book uh, that I came to the book basically with, um, uh, someone at our booking agent's place, like saw a picture, my uh, picture of the family, me with the three girls. And they're like, that would be a great book. Someone's got to write a book like that. And I'm like, well, I'll do it. You know, and can't be that hard. You just talk about what a screw up of a dad you are and how to deal with diapers and whatnot. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is, uh, once again, it's, it's a unique situation, but I, I think, it'd be hard to find a lot of uh, dads out there that don't find themselves in a unique situation. You could have dads who are cops and how do they deal with the, that authority issue? And uh, you have dads who are teachers, you know, and, and uh, uh, different situations like that. I'm sure it's being a, a singer for a punk band is, is definitely different, but uh, I think all families adapt to it and you just, that becomes your normal, you know, dad being on in Europe, uh for three weeks uh, out of the year or, or something like that it just became part of it and it's, i'm sure it's very similar with people in the military or or different things like that it's something that um it tests your resiliency as a family and you have to find that balance and i'm sure in the professions i just stated um you know there's uh, we all know there's a lot of broken homes there's divorces and that's really tough and i think that was really key for me uh being in the band over the years of of like i i made it imperative that we kept our touring right at the level where it was good enough for the band to succeed and do well but not so much that it caused divorced families because in in, in my peer group of bands it's divorce i would say is nine out of ten you know it, it just happens and um, for me, it was really important that that didn't happen to my family. So did it work out? 
uh, not for a few years. <laughs> it didn't work out for me in the band, but I'm back now and things seem to be better. Great. Um, what's the most rewarding aspects of being a dad? Uh, seeing them succeed at their various things, like, uh, you know, seeing them graduate uh, has just been huge. And because um, it, it, it's hard work, you know, and it takes dedication. And and um, my middle doc daughter was a big soccer star in, in, in high school and played club soccer and scored more goals than she deserved to score. And 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 just stuff like that, just being there for the, the good times and the bad. But my other daughter was in uh, uh, choir and went around the world singing in choir group and and uh, Kate's in dance and just all just seeing all those achievements. I mean, it's it's absolutely, uh, you know, you're bursting with pride. And and it, I'll tell you, it was tough, though, the times when I had to be away, whether it was a, a birthday or a my my daughter won soccer player of the year for her team and and i was you know coming out of a show in in germany somewhere and instead of at the ceremony seeing her get her award and those are hard man those are hard to stomach and uh but um you know so i i, I think that's probably one of the most rewarding thing of of seeing them succeed and work hard and then keeping it together i mean and and your own sense of pride and accomplishment of doing what you have to do to, to keep the family together. You know, it, it's tough because a lot of guys end up or guys or wives or whatever, they end up stumbling, you know, and it can be tough. And then that's another thing that people have to go to is how do you separate and, and keep the kids happy and healthy, you know? So it's a huge challenge, you know, it's not something you can take lightly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in what ways has uh, fatherhood changed you? Or has it? Oh, man. Um, well, you add about 20 pounds around the middle <laughs> section. That's physically. Uh, yeah. And the, the gray hairs start to pop out way earlier than they should have. And uh, yeah, you always look like you just rolled out of bed. Doesn't matter if you did or you didn't. You constantly look this way. And it's probably uh, from getting little sleep, worrying about uh the various parts of your life uh, and um but yeah definitely i i remember um when the kids were young and uh when they were kind of in the toddler age and, and grade school of realizing that i i may be able to go on stage and have a good time and and uh go on tour with the guys and cut loose but when it came home, I couldn't be that guy. You know, I, I can't be the party host when it's time to get the kids ready for school and, and um, uh, help them with their various issues. And um, so I remember I did uh, back in the day, smoke a little more pot than I should have. <laughs> uh, this was way earlier. So that was something I felt I had to quit, you know, and, and doing stuff like that. And just and just keep departing for the times where it was more appropriate. And, uh, uh, yeah, so different, different things like that. You just kind of have to, once you have these lives to protect and provide for, it makes you more responsible. And, uh, and that's what I had to do and, and make 
difficult decisions, you know, based on that. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it, you know, it caused problems in the bands at certain times of, of where, uh, you know, maybe certain members in the band want us to be seen as this, the, the wildest, craziest punk rock band out there. Whereas I can't do that. You know, I, <laughs> I, I can't, uh, I can't be seen as causing riots everywhere we go. And, and, uh, um, and getting the riot squad called to our, uh, radio appearances. Did that happen? Yes. <laughs> um, if you look it up, you'd see, uh, there's, uh, the first time we were on K rock Fletcher threw up on Dr. Drew and, uh, the host and the second time to make up for it, he decided to barricade himself and the two radio hosts in the studio threatening uh uh excretory um punishment if they were to try to leave that's all i'm going to say about that and the, the riot squad was called uh, i wasn't in the room at the time i had gotten out of there but yeah so that type of thing doesn't play well with the kindergarten teacher or the <laughs> the, the people down the street who uh want to uh you want to have a play date with the kids, but the dad is like, well, what does the dad do for a living? Oh, well, the riot squad just got called to his appearance on the local radio station yesterday. So you can see how there's a, uh, there was a problem there for a few years. It sounds like they turned out. Okay. Though. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're still here. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are some traits you think make one a rad dad? Um, I would say, you know, a rad dad is, is one who takes care of and provides for the family, but still isn't afraid to have fun, you know, and, uh, and cut loose and have a food fight at the table every once in a while and uh, cheat at sports, you know, so he can win when he knows the girl <laughs> could probably kick his ass in soccer. So he has to cheat and be funny and instead of always uh, uh, laying down the law. But uh, no, I think it's just about, you know, th there's a balance between being a friend to your kids and also being a father. And that's probably the most delicate um, relationship you can have. Have I been perfect at it? No way, you know, uh, but um Cause there's times where you just want to have fun and let the kids do whatever they want and, and not be so domineering. But at the same time, if you, I, I remember my daughter one time said, you should have been harder on us with this one part. And, you know, now that she's a young adult, she can say that, but at the time she's like, dad, you know, please let me go to Disneyland on a Tuesday and cut school and whatever. And, uh, you know, so I think that's, that's the, the raddest thing you can do is, is still have some fun with the kids and find that balance of being an authority figure in their lives without being an a-hole authority figure. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Um, did you have any fears about becoming a dad? Um, let's see. 
I did probably have some fears. You know, I think a lot of people worry that am I the guy who, you know, leaves the the baby carrier on the hood of the car because he's not thinking of something or or something like that, you know, of like, what am I, you know, those those bonehead mistakes that everyone makes in your daily life when you add a kid involved. Uh, that's what I would worry about is like, what's some bonehead mistake, absent-minded thing I'm going to do that will, uh, put my, uh, family in danger. You know, that's, that's a real worry. And, um, you know, and yeah, if, if how much are you going to be able to provide for them and, and, uh, how, how that looks and, um, yeah, you, you, there's a lot of worry. Um, it doesn't stop. I remember when I, uh, when I was, you know, we were going in to have the, our, our second kid, uh, I, I, I met a guy who is my age now. I was much younger, but he goes, oh, oh, I have three girls. It was actually when we had our third daughter, he goes, oh, I have three girls too. And they're, but they're all grown up now. And I said, well, man, I was right in the middle of diapers and three kids and all this and was like, Hey, I'm all, does it get any better? You know, <laughs> like this seems pretty <laughs> hectic right now. Like, and he's like, it, it, it gets different. He goes, your, your, your issues evolve, whether it's toddler to um, grade school, to teenagers, to then your concerns when they become young adults, you know? And, and so it's not like I'm sitting here saying it was this terrible thing. It was just saying that the work, the, the, the challenges and the work and the, and the, uh, the good mental stress that goes into, raising a family, you know, it does, it goes from, uh, diapers to diplomas, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of, uh, effort, but it's, it's worthwhile. It's probably the most worthwhile thing. Um, are you, are you, would you be willing to share your relationship with your dad? Kind of talk a little bit, a bit about it. Like, how, yeah. How, how, um, that, how did that influence you in, in your fatherhood? Yeah, you know, um, my dad was a, a sales rep for air cargo. So and it was very old school back in the 70s and 80s. And that was the time of uh, lots, he was entertaining his clients a lot. So his job would be to be the host for these guys coming into town. Like, I'm going to take you to a Dodger game, a Laker game. Uh, we're going to go out, take you to the bar, you know, get you drinks, you know. And he was whining and dining his clients to, to get their business. But he became very, very good friends with all these guys. And, uh, and so that was... You know, I always saw my dad as someone he, he loved music. He he lo he loved his Frank Sinatra and his Willie Nelson and his Waylon Jennings and and all this stuff. So um he was very key in that. He, we always had a really nice stereo and he he was into music. Um and but also he enjoyed himself, you know, he would have a good time. He had struggles with work and stuff like that, but he liked to um, you know have a cocktail, listen to tunes, have friends over. And so it kind of brought into me this kind of thing of like, but that was part of his work. So it's kind of similar for me is like, you kind of have to be like the host of the party and have a good time yourself. But then also you're doing it for your living, you know, as how you make a living. So 
um, we had a really good relationship. He, he came from a, a fairly poor family in Illinois and his sister died in a car accident uh, at a young age. So he came out to California determined to bring his mother out of that tragedy and build a better life for him and his family. I just, I'm working on an acoustic album. I just wrote a song about it and I can't, I can't uh, play it without crying, but it's, it's, uh, you know, a real testament for his fortitude. And I feel like I got some of that from him of, of like, this all might be fun and we're having a good time here, but you have to get up every day and work at what you're doing to have that fun. And, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying is finding that balance of having a good time and enjoying yourself, but also getting the work done. I appreciate that. And that's kind of one of the, the ethos I think that Rad Dads kind of has and kind of what we do and what I hope to kind of put out there in the universe of the world is like, yeah, you, you know, do, do the work at home, but also take some time for yourself. And so do you take time for yourself? Is, that, is it just the music that you do or do you do other things? You know, if you were to recommend taking time for your dad time, what, what does dad time look like for? <laughs> you know, I grew, we grew up here at the beach. So surfing has been a big part of that. I haven't been doing it enough lately because the water got really cold and, I, and I'm a big baby now. <laughs> but uh, as long as the waves are good and the sun's out, I like to go surfing. We take uh, surf trips and stuff like that. But um, my parents have a place out in the desert. And so that's where... I go to escape, especially during this COVID uh, uh, lockdown and stuff. I could go out there and bring my guitar and my microphones. And, and I worked on this acoustic stuff a lot. And that's where I can kind of cut loose and, you know, uh, have a drink, write some music, play some songs and uh, have, have, uh, have some dad time. But, um, you know, uh, I think, especially from a health standpoint, it, it's like you've got to get that uh, time away from uh, whether it's exercise or playing guitar or going on a, a surf trip with the boys or, or or something like that. Getting that time to have a reset is really important. Um, I think a, a, a lot of guys go... Um, you know, you can become a workaholic or you can become just so focused on other things and, or so focused on your family. You don't take any time to, to really, uh, uh, relax and, and, um, you know, get that mental reset that you need to have. And, uh, otherwise, you know, you really got to have that pressure release from time to time. I mean, you, you hear about dad's, snapping or you know developing become an alcoholic and and family breaks down and all kinds of stuff and um luckily i i read a lot i'm surrounded by books right now i've got boxes of books everywhere and and just try and get some perspective that way of of whether it's doing uh cognitive therapy on yourself there's a lot of good books there's a good book called feeling good um that i highly recommend that is um, just about cognitive therapy and, and how you can um, find your ways of uh, erroneous thinking uh, or, or negative thoughts. And I've, I've tried to help various friends and um, I've given that book out to very many people who are either going through divorce or problems with their relationships and whatnot. And, 
and you it is really important to examine the way of your ways of thinking that can become uh erroneous like thinking in black and white like everything's terrible my life's a mess i'm a terrible father everything's awful instead of saying hey actually you know this part is okay you're you're doing good here and we can work on this and uh that's what i think that book and cognitive therapy is really important about is is um looking at the ways that you look at your life and and things like that and i'm hoping one day to kind of get more and more involved in that and uh maybe doing some therapy or some band therapy type of ideas i'm friends with uh art alexakis from the band everclear and we uh we hang out together and sometimes and talk about having our own little band therapy uh business together because there's a lot of it's a lot of things with especially i mean i hate to sound sexist or whatever but just for dudes or guys or dads or however you want to say it um you know it's tough to uh guys would rather talk about the the football game or 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 whatever we want to discuss rather than talk about their struggles you know they don't don't want to admit to weakness or, or having self-doubts and things like that. But um, uh, I think it's very, very important that people um, have that space, that safe place where they can talk about stuff and talk to your friends and say, hey, I'm going through a tough time right now. Or, and uh, I think, especially as you get older, uh, it's really important to have that, have, have people to talk to. So maybe there'll be a gym and art podcast someday. I'll, I'll have you on it do it that sounds amazing <laughs> like you you know we've we've had about you're probably i don't know number 55 in terms of uh, people we've interviewed and uh, the idea of uh, mental health in, in men and and this uh, toxic masculinity kind of idea and it's uh, it's so so needed it really is and uh, you know with the advent of my group we're, we're just grassroots like diy kind of thing we we, we try to fund things ourselves and um and we've 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 attracted a lot of attention from various organizations around our city, and the fact that yeah, we need groups like this, um, and I, I just see that see the need for sure. So that sounds amazing. Who's the, who's that book? The author of that book, Feeling Good. We'll, we'll give that a um, you know on the top of your head. I don't have it in my book right here, and and uh, uh, his name escapes me, but I will definitely find it. It'll take me two seconds, but yes, I'll find it for you. And we'll, we'll insert it in okay. the thing. I don't have it on me right okay. now. Okay. Uh, I have so many authors and so many books that they all have blended into one giant book and all the names escape me. Um, last few questions here. So you were kind of talking again, you, kind of, you mentioned, you know, maybe the podcast kind of thing. What's, what's, what's in the future for Jim? You've already mentioned uh, the acoustic album. So mm -hmm. here, you know, brag a little bit what's, what's coming up. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's been something I've really been working on a lot. And uh, it, um, I'm interested to see how people will react to it, because it doesn't sound like Pennywise with an acoustic guitar at all. It's, um, it's, it's different. It, I would call it kind of more like Americana style or, or roots kind of, it almost sounds like a little bit of beach country music. Like <laughs> so, uh, um, but I, I, I've, I found that I just can't um, 
censure myself, you know, I, I just have to let it out. You know, those, I think the best songs that I write are the ones that just come out spontaneously instead of me thinking, Oh, I want to write a song that sounds like Frank Turner right now, you know, or I want to try and write a, uh, this song. So that's been really fun to do. Um, over the pandemic, I worked with my friend's son, Cooper Jones, who has uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And uh, he's about 19 years of age. And um, he has uh, uh, been writing or, or covering music on the acoustic guitar and is a really good uh, singer and guitar player. And uh, last year, I challenged him to write his own song. And once uh, the pandemic struck, we started doing weekly songwriting sessions. And so just recently, I just did a post on my Instagram and uh, Facebook account that uh, kind of goes through that whole year of he and I working on songs together. And he just released uh, three songs, an EP. Um, and so and then we're going to do a, a Coop Fest, a little live stream, trying to raise awareness for muscular dystrophy. And then um, have that going on. And I'm also the creative director for a festival here in uh uh, Southern California, down here in Redondo Beach. It's called the Beach Life Festival, and it's not punk rock yet because we're in a uh, we're in a community down by the harbor there, where the old people would probably freak out pretty hard if they heard uh, "Fuck Authority" being played <laughs> outside their windows. But uh, I think someday it'll happen. But um, the first year we had just uh, really great acts. We had Willie Nelson. We had Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. Uh, we had Violent Femmes, we had Steel Pulse, uh, Colin Hay of Men at Work. So it was kind of this really eclectic group of uh, uh, bands from all different genres and different, you know, 80s, 90s. And, and uh, we got a, a whole, we were ready to do the second year. It was very successful the first year. And this year we were ready to do the, the second year and when everything happened and now we're looking to shifting to September for that festival. So I've been um, just kind of getting to know the, uh, the music festival industry from the other side. So that's been kind of interesting. And, and we're um, Pennywise, we're trying to do a uh, we've just rescheduled this punk in the park that we're going to do here down in uh, Orange County, a uh, big show with no effects and bouncing souls and, or act, wait, no, no effects, lag wagon, me first in the gimme gimme so far, hoping to get the souls on it. But uh, yeah, call it Greg. We had Greg on the show. Oh, he did? Nice. Yeah, yeah he's great. Yeah, him and you know, he talked a little bit about Playdate. You know, are you familiar with Playdate? And like his, his band with his uh, wife and kind of like kids, kids kind of music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. You know, what's really been cool is is going through um we did the documentary the other f word and and i i interviewed uh greg for that um uh and a, a few other you know a bunch of other people but it was really cool to interview the guys and and see that look in all of their faces of like we both know what we're going through and and just kind of like having a mental, like, I feel for you, bro. I know like, <laughs> it, it, oh, it's your daughter's birthday today and you're in Philadelphia. Oh, shoot, dude. I know. Are you okay, man? Like, let me, let me help you because uh, those days do happen. And, um, uh, but 
uh, that was a really good experience as, as well doing the whole documentary. So it's, it's kind of been, uh, I mean, the plan is, is kind of just keep doing more and more stuff, stay busy, you know, and, and, uh, have, uh, I have a, a website called punk guru that I wish I could devote more time to, but I'm hoping about getting someone to help me take that over, which is, it's all about, um, books uh, related to the punk scene, whether it's biographies or, um, or even just books on theory. I just, um, I just bought a book the other day that everyone should check out that I'm going to write about. That's called, we're not here to entertain you. And, uh, it's about punk rock and the Reagan years. Oh, I just got that from the library. Oh, you did. It's, yeah. It's sitting right on my bedside. That's cool. Yeah. And that, that see, that's, that to me is really, really, um, exciting to see, a a book like that come out, especially everything that we've been through down here with the last four years of, of seeing what went on as a real extension of what was happening with Reagan back in the day and the whole, that's when trickle down theory started. And, uh, it's, uh, I think it's a really insightful book and I, I wish that same punk rock fervor that was going on then was going on now. Uh, and, uh, um, I hope it is. I think there's areas where people are still, um, you know, have that righteous belief, but it's, it's strange because, uh, sometimes the voices are being trampled down these days as, as being unpatriotic if you don't toe, toe the party line. So a lot to dig into, uh, but that's another podcast, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, I just, I just got it. I, I think the author was, involved with positive force right in dc right yeah yep. yeah so the, the the little bit i've written you know read so far i kind of looked picked some stuff i'm a big dead kennedy's fan so i was kind of like <laughs> just looking at those parts and yeah, you know I, what i spent some time on the um i spent some time with jello for the first time at one of the uh big ohio punk and drublick uh uh concerts and to have that guy, uh, you know, sitting in front of you talking was probably, um, I think between him and Keith Morris of talking to those guys, I have to imagine what it'd be like for someone else to have Elvis Presley in the room, but I would never, I, you know, I don't play it off like that when I'm talking to him, but the whole time I'm going like, this is Jello Biafra talking to me, man, this is fucking weird, <laughs> you know, but the cool part about it is he's just as passionate right now as he was, you know, in the eighties, he he's, and he still writes amazing lyrics and puts on amazing shows. And that's super inspiring to me to see people like him and Keith and Milo who are, are still just ripping, you know, it's, it's so cool to see that. And, uh, and I, I hope to, uh, I hope to do the same. I hope I'm as rad as they all are. You are. That's why, why you're here. We had Milo on the show too. So, so oh, you're, cool. you're a good company. Um, yeah. last two questions. This one, not really a question. Do you have a favorite dad joke? Can you tell, tell. Oh yeah, I do. Are you yeah. ready? Yeah. Um, it might be a little off color, but, uh, 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 this, uh, son goes up to his dad and says, Hey dad, what's the difference between confident and confidential? And he said, well, you're my son. And of that, I'm confident. 
and you know your friend Timmy down the street, he's my son too, but that's confidential. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> okay, last question here. Uh, any fatherly words of wisdom to any rad dads out there uh, listening or watching this? Words of wisdom, penny wisdom. Um, I guess it would have to be Do your best to be the best, but also have a good time while you're doing it. That's the only way that you can uh, uh, have fun. Because if you're not having a good time, yeah, I think your your kids will will figure it out, you know. And uh, so you got to work hard, but you got to work hard at having fun. And uh, every day, you know, make some fun for your kids. And I think if you can do that, you'll have half the game won right there. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate uh, your time, Jim. Did yeah. you want to? Did you want to email me the author's name, or do you have that? I'm really yeah. curious about that. I'll, 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 I'll shoot you the. Uh, it'll take me two minutes. So uh, yeah, check it out. He's written a few books. It's from the. Uh, uh, it's it's from a long time ago, but um, yeah, it's it's been very popular over the years and updated many times. And he's written several workbooks, and they're. Big thick books, and uh, but uh, not all of it will apply to everyone. But you'll definitely find something in there that applies to whether yourself or various friends and family. Um, but yeah, I'll shoot that to you, no problem. And uh, if I ever get a podcast going, you got to come on my show. Done for sure. Let's. I love that band idea or that kind of men's health something. I think that's. I think you're onto to something. Uh, when when's the that acoustic album dropping? Do you have a plan? Um, well, I, I'm, uh, I met with the producer the other day and I'm deciding right now if I want to go the full studio producer route or just do it right here in my, uh, my, uh, little music room myself. So that's the thing. So, uh, no date set yet and still figuring out if I'm going to self-release it or go through the whole studio record label thing. So I'm kind of leaning towards the, just do it myself thing and just bang it out. And then maybe a lot sooner, but. If I go the other route, I'll probably not be here till I'm 75 instead of 55. <laughs> there we go. All right, Jim. Thanks so much. I really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for, for uh, sitting down. All right. Good talk. Thanks for that, Dad. All right. That was the original punk rock dad himself, Jim Lindbergh on the Rad Dads Show. Thank you so much to Jim for joining us. And thank you for listening. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you drop us a review on iTunes. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show and on Facebook and Twitter at at rad dads show. And now you can also look us up on YouTube for some video interviews as well. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. And you can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.